What's up, Internet? Back at you. It's an emergency episode, as we've been calling it, as of the West Buck Show. We've got the one and only Stevie Fast Jackson in the queue here, and I felt like as this whole situation with the NHRA, excuse me, the E3 Spark Plugs NHRA Pro Mod Drag Racing Series presented by JNA Service, got to make sure everybody gets their, gets their stroke, um, with the rule change that has been handed down here in the last 24 hours, the, the drag racing industry, the entire community is buzzing. Pro Mod racers are up in arms. We've got, I don't know if we have anybody happy, but we have a whole bunch of people up in arms, and I really wanted to pick up the, the old bat phone and, and call in a favor with the one and only Stevie Fast Jackson, the NHRA Pro Mod Series points leader. He's been a dominant force in 2019. He called his shot. I'll never forget it. Looking up at him, talking on the podium, uh, standing at the podium at the NHRA Awards Ceremony last year in October in Las Vegas, he said, I'm coming for this deal. I'm, I'm coming for that championship next year. Here he is, right in the thick of things, leading the points. Stevie, the, the, the NHRA rule department sent out an email and posted on their NHRA racer site today, excuse me, yesterday, that they would be pulling back your supercharged combination from 16.5% overdrive to 14.55% overdrive and reducing the, the boost pressure on the, turbo, the twin turbocharged combinations from 36 pounds of boost to 33 pounds of boost. Can I get like a, just your, what, in that moment, your knee-jerk reaction to the news? Well, let me tell you a story. Let's lay it off with a story. I like that. Yesterday, all right, now I haven't had a day off since 2018. So yesterday, I went and worked in the shop to about noon. I come out here. I'm out in my boat. I'm driving my boat across the lake by myself meditating on this performance that's about to, I'm about to unleash at the U.S. Nationals, all of a sudden my phone dings and I get an email and I open it up and it's from the tech department. I read it. Then I got about 350 phone calls and text messages within about 10 minutes, just about ran my boat aground trying to figure out what was going on, run the thing out of gas and had to get sea towed into the marina to get some fuel. <laughs> so I am sending a bill to NHRA for the sea tow and for the fuel from yesterday for making me run out of fuel. <laughs> Nothing worse than being out of gas on a boat. Oh, it's, well, there's worse things. Well, there's worse it things. Depends, but... on, depends on where you're at. <laughs> Oh, for sure, man. But anyways, uh, it's a it's a it's a pretty exciting little little shot. Uh, uh, they kind of got kind of got you know heard across the world. There's a lot of people up in arms, like you said. I don't really know. Even the people that should be happy about it are not happy, and uh, everybody else, damn sure, is not happy about it. Well, my phone started ringing uh, yesterday afternoon as well, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm getting calls, international phone calls. I'm getting. Calls from all over here in the United States, uh, car owners, t- you know, drivers, tuners, everything in between. And, you know, and I, the floor is yours, but it would appear to me that two things that I'm noticing is, is one, that this is a big swing specifically for the, the turbo combination. This is a massive swing for those guys. And secondly, I do believe there's an argument that could be made that maybe these are not equivalent moves. And I guess I'm going to add another layer to this that I'm not sure this serves what I thought kind of was the goal of, of getting the nitrous cars. I, I'm not sure what, what, if we're addressing that in the correct fashion. So anyways, what's your take on, I mean, and how does this, let's just start with you. How does this affect your program? Before we get into all that, let's talk about what I, what let's talk about what you let off talking about. Uh, first of all, I need to say a disclaimer that anything I'm about to say about turbo cars, like, is been gonna need to be like Area 51 stricken from the record later. Number two, I don't think we needed a rule change at all. And everybody says, "Yeah, you say that you're leading the points." 
in, in Norwalk, we had what I feel to be the most average weather conditions we've had in a long time. It was 2,700 feet of air, 29.0 on the barometer, 50% of humidity, medium grains, medium everything, average racing air. Like if you were going to pick an average, that would have been Norwalk. I went 75, Ricky goes 76, Belushi goes 76. How much closer do you need it to be than that? It, these are three team cars, right? Right. Okay. Right. Three team cars. Now there were other cars also that went. You know, uh, Janice made good runs. Everybody was was grouped in that range that got to race on Sunday. You you're not going to legislate out good runs and good air by blowers, and you're not going to legislate out uh, like us sucking at Bristol, right? We just come from Bristol where I'm jumping up and down, high fiving my whole team because we got smashed in the second round because we won a round. I think that the rules were pretty close. I think what we have is a knee-jerk reaction, and I think what they've what they've done, or what they don't realize yet that they've done, is they've made the turbo combination nearly obsolete right now. And I hate to say that because I really despise those pieces of junk. But you take away 10% of boost from somebody at one time, if we lost three pounds of boost with our supercharged car, it cost us eight numbers. I mean, we'd literally slow down almost a tenth. Uh, the cost to the field, and, and me and Billy Stockland were talking about it this morning. I called him. I got him on the phone at 7 o'clock. I was like, I need you to run some spreadsheeting analysis on what this is going to cost. He's like, this is going to cost us $100,000. And I'm like, no, nah, it won't cost $100,000. He's like, okay. He's like, all six of your blowers are pieces of crap. All six of your motors are pieces of crap. Everything you have for a torque converter is a piece of crap. we got to build engines. we got to go dyno. We need to go make 50 runs by Indy. He said, you pay the bills. You figure out what that costs and call me back. I called him back. I was like, that's like 100000 so, like, this is a mat. We worry about NHRA worries about spending $10,000 in top fuel, and every Pro Mod team basically just is going to go spend 100 now. So, it's a, it's a big change. We'll roll with it. I always say this, and I tell you this privately and in, in an open forum racers don't need to make the rules. So, everybody keeps calling me and asking me, I don't care. That's not my job. I'm supposed to play by the rules, not make the rules. We got a couple racers that are grandstanding and whining and bitching all the time about the rules, no matter what. Uh, they're not going to be happy with, with this rule change either. But it is what it is. They're going to make their own bed, and I'm going to figure out how to lay it. And that's one of the things that I have, and it always impresses me about guys like you, and there's a ton of them in this class and in drag racing in general that are, hey, this is the, these are the rules. We're going to go race because that's what we do. We'll find a way to, to figure it out. I, my question, I'm curious what you think. What, what, do you, what, what was the purpose of this rule change? Like, if, if you had to guess, like, right, like if the NFL were to make a big rule change about a drug testing policy, it's probably because they caught a bunch of guys, you know, using HGH or something. So what do you think that this is in response to specific? I mean, does this serve any purpose in your mind or is this just a cross the, you know, a, a shot across the bow to slow everybody down? I get what they're trying to do and I get why they're panicking the way they're panicking. The 260 mile an hour blast from the turbo cars have them taking boost away from them. I get that. Nobody needs to see turbo cars wrecking at 260 plus miles an hour with what they have to weigh. I understand they want to slow the field down, but what you're doing is, is you're taking the performance of on average 11 to 18 blower cars and seven to 11 turbo cars, just depending on what race you look at. And you're putting up all of those cars against two or three nitrous combinations. If you average it, three nitrous cars, no matter how good they run, should never 
keep pace with the amount of turbo and blower cars they have. So you can say, yeah, the argument is there's no nitrous cars because the rules make them not be competitive. I get that too. But when you're making rules, it needs to be based on, and I want you to highlight this, maximum effort combinations. And not to say that anybody out here is not running as hard as they can uh, or, or as hard as they, you know, want to everybody's spending money everybody's trying hard but when you've got 11 to 15 blower cars you're gonna have a better average you just got more people doing it um so i understand they want to slow the cars down we definitely want any combination that shows up on sunday to be able to win i, I think that this class is awesome because of the diversity i love big honking nitrous motors uh i do not like getting drove by at 290 miles an hour by turbo guys but i respect that there's a lot of fans that like that and i love big old stinky superchargers in a perfect world anybody wants to be able to win when you got three cars on sunday that are within a hundredth within a hundredth i don't know how much tighter you can get than that i can't argue i mean watching the race unfold in norwalk from the tower and kind of trying to use my you know, look at it from the, the announcer kind of perspective or the color commentary guy. I'm going, man, I don't know that we can ask for any better than this. I mean, this is really good drag racing. Then there's also just the whole argument that, you know, when Ricky runs good, man, he ran runs real good. I mean, it's hard, especially if we're if we're going to use Norwalk as the example. He almost ran 254 miles an hour there. Like, where'd that Absolutely. come from? Absolutely. Well, I mean, and here's the thing, like... Nobody talk, wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about Topeka in Q3 when I went a, a 78 to go number one and Chad Green was five foul behind me, like beside me. Like that was like a five, that was a final round matchup in any race we go to. Five foul separates uh, a nitrous car and a blower car. I go number one, he goes number two. Like how much, how, how much tighter you want to be than that? Ricky picked up three miles an hour in one event. Like I want three miles an hour. Where can I get three? Like anybody got any three mile an hour out there that I can get? Everybody wants to talk about what already happened the season. Well, people pick up in different paces. I ran like crap. I think I feel like I ran like crap in Norwalk. I ran like crap in Bristol. Uh, the nitrous cars are turning around and running good. I think personally they found something. And uh, because as a group, they're running way better. And we want these guys to be up front. Like, I'd love to see a number one qualifier nitro car. I'm with it. I love nitro cars. And I'm not trying to pick on Ricky. He's just the most vocal of that deal. I said this publicly, and I said it uh, during ProMod School in Bristol. Whether or not you like what Ricky has to say or whether you agree with him, I appreciate and defend the fact that he jumps up and, and, and says what he thinks. And whether you like him or you don't like him, we need more of that in the sport. I never discourage enthusiasm, uh, even if it's wrong. Even if I don't agree with you, I want more people to be like Ricky. So I'm not picking on him. He's just the most vocal one out there. I think these nitrous cars can run better what they're running. I still think that – I just think we're ahead of the curve. But with that being said, it's not up to me. It's not up to you. It's up to NHRA. So whatever they want to do with the rules, I don't care. I don't want to hear anything. If we go to Indy and, like – I mean, because I'm fixing to go make 50 runs. I'm going to go make 50 runs in the next eight weeks. So when we get, when we get to Indy, we're going to have our best Scud missile loaded in there. I don't want to hear shit for the rest of the year. I'm putting all wine and bitching on hold right after Vegas. Uh, we can start the cry train again. And you won't, like, will you put, will you experiment with putting a clutch in the car? Uh, I don't think so. I think the overdrive, if you look at overdrive performance, I've never ran a 14.5% overdrive because it came in after I, I, I came yeah, right. in and it had already yeah, been right. at 20. You know, and everybody says, oh, Frank went 67, 68 uh, with Castellana's car with 14.5. It had a clutch in the car. The RPM range is way different. I don't know that 
the way we have to run on Sunday, I don't know that you can competitively race a clutch right now. Is the clutch faster? Yeah, maybe on a perfect run. But I mean, there's it, between the second and third rounds on Sunday for us, we're literally in the pits for 11 to 12 minutes. And I just don't think physically that you can run, uh, run yeah, a clutch I, I agree. and I turn it around that fast. But what we have to, what we have to focus on is getting that thing to run early. Uh, I think that the, the three pounds of boost on the turbo cars uh, is going to hurt them. I think it's going to slow them down six hundredths, and I think 2% of overdrive for us is going to slow us down too. Uh, they were already two behind us, so I, I think that that's a, I think it's a, a huge move to slow the turbo cars down. I mean, I have run one of them things, and I can promise you, if you take away three pounds of boost, they suck. Uh, so, like, those guys have more of an uphill battle than we do. Yeah, we're going to lose – 200s but ideally the superchargers all the guys will lose 200s together um so it's we got a lot of work to do i mean when i'm not kidding when i say that like all of our engines and stuff are crap now the blowers that we ran when we were 20 over like uh that i sold them things on ebay the blowers that i just set the world record with that was at 16 and a half like we won't run that anymore it's just not it, it, it just doesn't work like that so yeah they can stroke a pen and legislate uh, some et but man it costs us a lot well i mean and so what do you say to the guys that say oh this was a smart move because a set of pulleys are 200 bucks or 250 bucks yeah that's those guys never raced any car in America or anywhere that's exactly. got solid land on ground. I mean, you can say that if you are not worried about being competitive. I can go get a 63 tooth pulley right now. I've got three of them on order, bolted on out there, and not be competitive and do good. What, what this rule change is going to hurt is some of the guys that can't go make 50 runs. Um, I am by no means a wealthy individual, and I, everything I have asset wise at a racetrack. But the guys that are that are really getting it figured out, there's there's guys out there that got blower cars that don't have, you know, top notch equipment. But the last three races, they've really been running good, and I am proud of those guys. It's going to hurt those guys more than it does some of the guys that have the the more uh, trick of the week fancy superchargers. Um, we got we got a Chuck Ford builds an awesome product, and we got a good power management program. Uh, Robert does a killer job on the motors. Billy does an awesome job managing. I do a good job of blowing it up. Jack bolts it all together. So we're going to be fine. But uh, this is a big change, man. Like, this is this is noteworthy to talk about in the middle of the season. Uh, I am glad they did it now instead of waiting another month because we're behind now, but we would really be behind again uh, if it was another month on the road. Right. I mean, in this, and, and typically it seems like these changes happen like around Bristol or whatever, like a race ago. So I, I was actually, I thought they kind of, it was delayed, but I'm glad. I'm glad that they didn't make... And everybody's been talking about it all year long, but I want to circle back to some comments that you made to me in October of last year at, in Las Vegas. We were standing in your pit stall and, uh, and, and kind of we we're actually on camera. We were talking about all this stuff, and I, I, I could easily argue for an effort to slow the class as a whole down. Because I do think that we are, it's exciting. We, you, we were talking about this the other day on the phone, that if you can't get excited about quarter-mile pro-mod drag racing right now, you, you check your pulse. I mean, this is the definition of badass, right? But it is, we're on the, I mean, we are seeing some, some, uh, some casualties, right? I mean, we're seeing guys go away. We're seeing the car counts kind of settle in that mid-20 range instead of, you know, 27, 28, 29 with people, you know, lining up to get in. Do you, do you see any successful way maybe beyond what's just happened to, to kind of bring the whole thing back a little bit or, or run it back a little? Absolutely. And I'm, I, I am a 
proponent. I mean, I, I believe, I don't even know what proponent means. I'm not literate. Uh, I am an advocate if we need to slow the whole class down. Me and you talked after, after Las Vegas, uh, I believe it was on Monday morning. Uh, I think that the class needs to be in bad air, a 580 class, bottom 580 class, and it needs to be where a bottom 70 or high 60 is a home run ball run. So I don't, I am, I'm all for slowing it down, but you got to slow it down together. You can't gig us two hundreds and gig the turbo car six. Um, I would, if it were me, if I were not King for a day, I love King for a day. Yeah. Yeah. I would wait till the end of the season and make a wholesale change. Uh, you know, forget knocking us down to 14 and a half, knock us down to eight, knock the turbo cars down to 28. Uh, you know, Nitrous cars are really easy to slow down with weight. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not they're not hard to slow down, which ours is too. But you can make some wholesale changes at the right time. Uh, and I guess two months of a break is maybe enough time, but we'll just have to find out. I think this deal is not going to be awesome until we get a little bitty spec turbo with no boost controller for the turbo guys. Because, I mean, you got to look at those guys. It's a now. mechanical I mean, limitation. I, I like, it has to happen. I like, make, I like making fun of them. Uh, but these guys are my colleagues and my friends. Uh, it's fun to joke around. But, like, so you're a turbo guy right now. You're Steve Petty. The way you've been having to run your car, because you cannot run a small turbo, you're spec to run that big old turbo with a boost controller. The thing won't run to the front, but you then had steam to run out the back to go get everybody. So when you, when you can get after that thing to the, to the 200-foot mark, it'll haul ass. Well, now you have a big turbo that won't run to the front and no boost to run out the back. So you're up against a challenge. If, if, if they would mandate a, a, a turbo, I bet you would see the turbo cars pick up a tenth if they would just let them run like 67 millimeter turbos and no boost controller because they'd run so much harder to the front. So it, the boost controllers was killing that deal. And, and most people, including Steve Fetty, has told me this out of his own mouth, and he might deny it now, but he would be all for a small a smaller turbo. He's told no me the same thing. He, he told me that he so, actually volunteered so much, to do it. Yeah, he did, it'd be so much easier to manage. And then also, they would then be able to hit the home run ball when we can hit the home run ball, right? And then they would slow down in Bristol like we do. It would even the keel up a little bit. I don't know if we'll ever get there. Um, I really believe we'll that's see. the answer, man. My argument, and I'll never forget, I was leaning up against a, a trailer with Shannon, the Iceman Jenkins, and Shannon and I were talking or whatever, and we were just mashing up this whole pro mod thing. This has been like five, six years ago, maybe longer. And it's like there has to be a mechanical limitation. Like these, the blower cars have a pulley, right? The nitrous car have cubic inches, but there's an electronic device that is limiting the performance of these twin turbo cars, those things will make 50-plus pounds of boost uncorked. I mean, how would you like to run, like, a screw blower that's just limited to 39 or 40 PSI or something? I told NHRA I wanted to run a C-Rotor with a boost controller, and they looked at me like I had horns growing out of my head. I told but that's them, I kind of the, that's a fair comparison, right. isn't it? Yeah, and it's just because they started off on a path and simply just stuck to it. You know, there we got some silly rules in place in this class. The turbo guys run 261 miles an hour, and they get to run a bigger intake valve than I do. Like, figure that out. Like, you know what it costs me to have to run that little bitty valve in, in cylinder head development? You know, there's a lot of common sense approaches that we could do. Uh, just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean we always have to keep doing it that way. Yeah, the most dangerous in words end, in the I'm English not language. A, uh, I am not a sky is falling guy. This is an awesome class. 
our car counts are down a little bit as of late. Part of it is because a, it's really hot. Uh, and B, some of the races that you're averaging off of are really far away. You're not going to get a lot of uh, a lot of ProMod cars in Topeka. There's just not a lot of them there. Uh, you're about to see the you know Indy will be will be wide open. We come back to Charlotte, that'll be packed. Um, you know, it. I don't know if you can just judge the car count off I agree. of the last four or five races. Our class is healthy. Uh, yeah, it's tougher now than what it's ever been. And the, the inability to be able to win, uh, does deter some people, man. It's hard out here. I mean, we qualified, I think ninth, eighth, ninth, 10th, never had lane choice. I don't think the last race, you know, it's difficult and we've got a top notch program. So it's, it's definitely a deterrent, but I love this class. I think that the fans that come out to watch this class are the most passionate fans in motorsports. I can tell you this. You're not going to find a lot of top fuel fans that can go up and talk about what's in the motor. Pro Mod fans, they know what's going on. They will come up to me in Indy and talk about overdrive. They will talk about how much compression we had to add to the motor. Did we need a different overlap can shaft? Pro Mod fans are awesome, and uh, I appreciate the passion uh, of everyone coming out. I'm gonna, as long as I can still race this deal, I'm gonna make it as exciting as I can for you guys to come out on the weekends and hang out with us. I think that this is God's gift to drag racing. I look at this deal right now, and it is it reminds me of like the WWF and the WCW like at their height. Like there's this characters, and, and some of the characters are people like you and Ricky. And and some of the characters are 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 the different cars and the combinations and the blowers and the turbos and the nitrous and stuff. I'm curious, well, there's a couple of things that I think are important to talk about just along this same vein. What do you make of the nitrous combination. I mean, so we've talked about, and I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but I mean, where, what's, what is the solution there? Like if we leave everything alone or if we had left everything alone, I mean, I just, my thing that, that I'm struggling with personally is that when I see these rule changes made, I don't see this having any sort of impact on the nitrous cars, like longevity wise. I don't see anybody going to look at this and go, you know what? Now I'm going to go build a nitrous car. I mean, the guys that are committed to that platform are committed to that platform. I just don't know where we're going to get not even two, three, four, five, but one more 903 car, you know, 900-inch nitrous motor car to show up and compete. I don't know that we're doing anything to serve that goal of increasing the participation of nitrous cars. Correct, and I don't know what the answer is for that. Um, You know... I quit nitrous racing because it's so expensive and it's hard. And when I talk about, oh, I could take a nitrous car and haul ass with it, I'm not saying it's not hard. But, like, if, if Stevie Jackson goes and sells all his blower crap and goes nitrous racing, that's a million-dollar investment, right? I had to go stroke a check for a million bucks, and I don't have a million bucks. So I don't know what the answer for long-term nitrous car growth is. There just aren't as many of them as there are boosted cars. I agree. Uh, but... I think as you see that combination get more refined, because believe me, I really believe that there's a lot of refinement left to be done, then I think that you will pick up some cars. You know, nobody wants to have a combination that can't go out and qualify number one. And Ricky's always saying, you know, give me a combination that'll qualify number one at Reservoir. And in that, he's right. Everybody wants to have a chance to win. I think as that combination gets more refined and they continue to restrict the supercharge and turbocharge entries, I think you will pick up some cars. And hopefully with that, we'll get some personalities. You know, we need some people uh, out here that, that's got some color like me that will that will say it, you know, say what they think. Um, 
so I, I'm I hope I'd love to see 10, 10, 10 nitrous cars show up next year. We'll me too. To I mean, goes. for me, I don't know that. And you know, obviously, we don't have a lot of data to pull from. But I look at that Freddie Scriba, you know, from the Northeast. He went five, you know, at twenty four hundred fifty pounds, albeit with a Liberty and a clutch. He went five sixty seven with a with a nine fifty nine, right? I, and and I know that the there's an argument to be made that this nine fifty nine deal is going to be a problem, and the guys that are already here are going to have to spend a lot of money. But I do look at I like to look at just the numbers of it. If this if we treat this completely as an inventory issue, we've got a much more significant inventory of nine fifty nine cars than we do nine oh three cars. I mean, we just do. Now, are all oh, those guys absolutely. touring pros? Probably not. But I do think that they could bolster your car count, your nitrous car count, a handful of times a year. And I do think that there are a few of those guys that would find the resources to come do this deal if they had an opportunity to do it. Oh, absolutely. When you go quarter mile drag racing, you're hooked. I mean, whether you can put together the dollars to do it, uh, I'll race anything with wheels on it. So when I go completely broke, I'm going to get me uh, uh, like a old gasser or something like that or something. I'm going to bracket race it on Thursday night at Jackson, South Carolina. But uh, the, the, if, if NHRA opens the, the deal up to bigger engines, yes, I, I hear the argument that Bob Ram and uh, the Trickster and Chad Green have spent 10 years developing this 903, 908 package. I understand that. But what it costs uh, to make a rule change and try to slow the field down like I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna go buy a 903 before Indy, uh, in what it's gonna cost me to try to get my blower program back to what I think is a is a is a, a competitive package, because whether you like it or not, Stevie Jackson is not sandbagging. I heard out of somebody's mouth last week that I was laying up. Have you ever heard that ever in life? Never once. Like, can you imagine some? I never have either. I couldn't believe it. I was like, me laying up? Have y'all seen me chunk the rods out 700 times? Uh, I'm not going to haul something I don't think can win. If they allow the 959, it's going to get, I can tell you who will have one first. It'll be me. So uh, if, if NHRA wants me to show you what them things will run, you just let that 959 and I'll have one there. I'll have one in Indy. I already got one on standby, ready for me to hit the ignition switch. Well, so, I mean, and I, uh, and I just, I'm just saying that from a, Sheer, like literally just looking at inventory, I look along the East Coast and I see, you know, several PDRA pro nitrous guys that I am confident would jump at the opportunity to go run some NHRA events. Again, I don't know that they'd be able to commit to 12 races, but I think they'd be out there doing it. I think they would show up, you know, you'd have some regional growth and it would be good for the series. And I know that, I mean, I'm good friends with a lot of those guys, you know, and I, I like Chad Green and that whole camp and you know, Bob Ram and, and Chris Bell, I love those guys, but I'm just, I mean, looking at it sheerly from a, like, just from a numbers perspective, man, I don't know where we're going to manifest some nine, because if you, I mean, obviously before the rule change, I think that anybody, if, if I won the lottery and I wanted to be competitive in NHRA Pro Mod 24 hours ago, you're going to buy a twin turbo Hemi deal with an automatic, right? right? I mean, that's just what yep. you're going to buy, you know, and I think now maybe you're going to buy you know, you're going to call you. You're going to call Mike Janice. You're going to get that program. You know what I mean? You're going to get more than likely an RJ or a Bickle car with a with a with a, a Chuck Ford or Billis blower. And Janice has got good stuff right now, right? And you're going to go and you're going to run at the front with that stuff. You know, but I don't think anybody's going to go build a 903. You know, no one's going to go seek that combination out. So the only way to get more nitrous cars, I really believe, is to let the 959 in. 
So well, I'm biased. I'm biased on this deal. The main reason I wanted to let the 959 in is so Jay Cox will come over here and I can slap the shit out of him in NHRA racing. Wouldn't that's that be spectacular reason, though? That's like the main reason, the main goal, uh, is to get some of those guys. Like you know how much I'd love to line up beside Tommy Franklin. Like these guys are my heroes. Jay, I talk a lot of shit about him, and he talks a lot of shit about me. Uh, but it'd be you're talking about bringing some personality in. Jason Harris, that dog can talk trash with with anybody, and you, it'd be cool to get some of those guys uh, in the personality mix. Because like we can have some throwdown rivalries out here. Um, I don't know if that's the right answer or not. But I, I agree with you that if if your answer is to attract more cars, you have to allow in something that more cars have. Yeah. Um, Period. And I know everybody's screaming about quarter mile longevity, the engine, and all that stuff. I got a blower car, so I don't want to hear shit about any of that. Oh Ooh, man, but you walk by, you can't even talk like, to Stevie Jackson at the drag races because they've got so much. Sh- they're working too hard. There's so yeah, like much every shit going single on in race. Head, everybody, unbelievable. everybody wonders why we run up front. Well. Anybody that has a question about that as a casual fan, like when you finish qualifying on Saturday, I want you to go to dinner with your family and then have a couple drinks, maybe go to the honky tonk. And then I want you to come back to the racetrack and I want you to ride around the pro mod pits. There's going to be about three of us. And by guess, guess, guess what? It's about the number one, two, and three that run up front are still out there working on their car. All the rest of the guys are at a pizza joint and drinking beer. So I believe that effort equals ET. And I've always, I've always thought that, um, I don't know. I love this class, man. This is a cool deal, and uh, I appreciate everybody. There's a lot of people that, that have a lot of vested interest in this class running good. You know, you, all the media folks, um, there's a lot of people that are that are that put into this deal that never get recognized, and I appreciate everything that you guys do. Going out there and showing out and giving you all something to talk about uh, is fun for me. Uh, it's a good thing, man. Okay, so the, the kind of the, the bookend of this deal is one last thing that I think is important. This I wasn't completely on board with everything that that our, our our buddy tricky ricky was saying publicly but i do think there were a couple points that i i want to address and this is something that you and i have also talked about off the record we are trending the wrong direction with all these late model bodies right and if we're not careful everybody's gonna have whatever you've got that's how this deal works and you've got a late model camaro so you're going to be hard-pressed for anybody to go out and build anything other than a late-model Camaro. That's what people are going to do. Do you have any sort of gut instinct as to – I mean, I, I told a guy earlier today, and I may sound like a psychopath, I would basically give whatever weight break was required to make sure that a 41 Willys or a 57 Chevy could win a race. Like, if Well, you- here, here's the thing. And I – again, Ricky's the one bitching the most, and he had the first one. And he's had more of them than anybody. So – uh, there's some bias to be had there. Let's not forget that Ricky's probably already 50 pounds overweight with what he's got. So him hollering for a weight break, I promise you nobody likes Ricky Smith more than Ricky Smith. And I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying uh, he says what's, only my, says what's on his mind, and he means what he says. I had a meeting with, with some members from RPM, and it is of my opinion that we need to do something to stop the monotony of the light model Camaro um, trend that's going. I've got one, and I, I, the, I promise you I don't have a car by the way it looks. I have what I think is the quickest to run, and I think that's the fastest, quickest body right now. I am all for them mandating or doing something um, for that, but I think that it needs to be not like this rule change. It doesn't need to be knee-jerk. It needs to be planned. Uh, if we decide as a class – 
that we need to have competitive Willis's and 63 Corvettes and Chevelles, then that needs to be something that's tiered in over time. These cars are not cheap and they're not, they're not just, I'm going to call and get one tomorrow. It's four to six months and it's $200,000 to change a car. You, you know, you can't, the, the casual public thinks you can just put another body on it. It doesn't work like that. Right. So, I'm all for, and this is exactly what I told NHRA and RPM, I'm all for if you want to mandate stuff to, to make us build older cars. But you cannot say right now we're going to add 50 pounds to the new model Camaro. That's just not fair. That's all I have. That's all people have. There are 10 to 12 of them being built right now that would be basically useless. So I'm all for it. It just it needs to be some thought put into it, and NHRA needs to communicate with us uh, much unlike they didn't do with this rule change and say, hey, guys, if you guys are thinking about building a new car next year, like we're probably going to head that direction. And I know that there's been some hinting of that, but it needs to be either, okay, in 2020, there's this. By 2021, there's this. It needs to be a common sense approach because otherwise we're all going to go broke. I mean, if you were to mandate right now that 2000, that, that new model Camaro bodies or just say Chryslers and Mustangs, whatever you want to say, new model sleek cars are 50 pounds, you know, heavier, you know, it just, that's another 200. She just slowed me down. Uh, I cannot go out and just build a car and get one. I mean, it's not like you can walk up to your dealership and buy a competitive ProMont. So I, I agree that the fans and, and ultimately the fans are the boss, the fans pay the bills want older nostalgic cars i get that i love old cars i mean but we need right. to we need to take a common sense approach to it that doesn't bankrupt us all i agree man and that's the thing a little bit of communication and i'm telling you you talk to any successful business owner at least the ones that i deal with and they've got a three-year plan they've got a five-year right. plan they they have some sort of staggered goals saying hey there's where i want to go and here are the steps that we're going to take incrementally to get there. You know, we're, we're not going to make a change today that's going to get us there. We're going to make these changes over the course of time. And I do think that there could be a three-year nostalgia body program that comes out where it's like, hey, over the course of time, we're going to introduce a rule change that by 2021, you know, a 41 Willis may be 150 pounds lighter than every other, you know what I mean, or whatever, and try to give some guys some runway and some real, because here's the other thing, we can't be, we also can't be afraid of it so much so, we can't be so afraid of someone out coming out and being successful with one of those cars that we don't let it happen. Because, I mean, I would argue oh, that you need, to, you, need to, you need to let your balls drop a little bit and go, you know what, we may have to pull this thing back. We may have given them too much, but I, I mean, I would not be bummed out to see a 41 Willys qualify number one or win a race or be, you know, or a 57 Chevy come out or a 63 Camaro and, or excuse me, a 63 Corvette, see some of these cars and body styles that kind of define the class, man, let, let them have the, an advantage for a minute, you know, maybe not forever, oh, but let that, be, let that be the competitive, let, let a 57 Chevy be the 69, you know, the 2019 Camaro, let them have a, an oh, advantage for a while. Absolutely. And I'm not opposed to any of that. I think that if a change is going to be made, 
uh, it, you can't wait two more years, right? In two more years, you'll have nothing but Camaros. And you think everybody like me is complaining about spending money now? In two years, uh, they're gonna, there's going to be 30 people that have to build race cars. So um, I, I think uh, if, they're, if, we, if we think we need to move that direction, we need to start moving that direction now with a plan that's in the future. You know, I, I'm going to probably order a car sometime in the middle of next year if, if nothing happens to this one to plan on running it in 21. I would love to know if I can weigh 50 pounds less with a lighter car or 100 pounds less with a lighter car. That will influence that decision. So uh, if anybody from NHRA is listening, oh, they uh, do. Some, communi- Trust me. They do. Some, some communication and planning towards that direction uh, will be will definitely you know help us out financially. I agree, man. Well, hey, Stevie, I appreciate it. I know it's uh, it's after five on the the day before the Fourth of July out on the East Coast, man. I appreciate it. Go. I hope you get to spend some time with the family, man. And again, I, I'm glad you kind of stepped up and 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 spoke publicly about this deal. There's a whole lot of people with big opinions, and I wish more of them would would speak them openly and honestly like you do, because it it keeps it keeps this shit interesting, man. I mean, we need stuff to talk about. Drag racing needs water cool cooler conversation, and guys like you help keep the keep the fire burning Monday through Friday. So I appreciate it, man. And I guess uh, I'll see you soon. All right. Absolutely. I'll have on my bulletproof vest when I see you again, because I get to say what I think. You guys get to write about it. And I'm the one that gets beat up from everybody about it. So, oh, dude, this I'll tell you uh, what, man, don't it forever. So this you, thing, you're uh, going to get the, the unfiltered version, whatever I think. Uh, all the time and it's sometimes it's hard to say that stuff well it it is man and i hope you know that it's appreciated it's good for our sport and we all do man i mean you about have to wear a a flak jacket out here if you say anything other than the corporate line you know i mean if you step out on it on this stuff at all you're going to hear about it i mean and it's something that's really been a challenge for us with drag illustrated for 15 years because we sell advertising our business is we you know i always joke that i'm jealous of like rolling stone because they don't sell they don't sell advertising to to artists and musicians they sell advertising to tied with bleach and gillette you know where (laughs) you know what i mean they they don't have to worry about the stories they write affecting their advertising business right wherever if i do a story on racer xyz racer abc is pissed you know what i mean it's just a constant thing you know so hey i feel your pain but i appreciate it if you if you knew the the sponsorship dollars I have turned down because I refuse to be politically correct, it would blow your mind. The first, ex- the absolute first thing that I bring up when I'm in a sponsorship meeting is let's go ahead and save everybody a bunch of time. I need to make sure that you're okay with me being me. And if that answer is no, or you got to change this or do this, I shake hands, appreciate it. We'll talk about it in a couple of years if your policy changes. Uh, and it's hard to get companies. I am very blessed to have some some sponsors behind me like Bahrain One and JNA Service uh, and all the companies that support us. Um, great contracting that allows me to speak my mind. So I'm fortunate. Well, man, we all are because we need more guys like you doing what you're doing, dude. So, hey, have a happy Fourth of July, man, and I'll uh, I'll see you soon, dude. It's going to be an inter- interesting couple of months. If y'all see smoke coming from the south, don't worry. It's not a wildfire. It's the bell of aluminum machine slinging out chunks from the new cylinder heads I'm making this week. So don't worry. <laughs> I'm on the hunt. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Talk soon.